Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book creator Brendan Albetsky about what comics he would take into an alien invasion apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, where you can read comic news and become part of a community of fellow comic lovers. To find out more, be sure to visit comicscene.org. On a side note, if you enjoy the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Brendan Albetsky. How's it going? Hello, Sam. It's going very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, man. Pretty good. It's been a family fun day today. Been kind of, you know, having friends over uh, this afternoon. But, but this morning we went pumpkin picking actually at a farm. So we ended up with three odd shaped pumpkins ready for uh, ready for Tuesday. <laughs> How idyllic. Yeah, that's that's similar to what has been going on uh, in my neck of the woods as well. So yeah, it's 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 my favorite time of year really just for you know precisely for that kind of thing. I love the uh, the autum- autumnal ambiance and uh watching the horror movies while I'm while I'm cranking out the art. So uh, it's 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 my favorite month really. Awesome, man. That's great. That's great. Uh, well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here, Brendan. But for those that don't know who you are, what do you do in the world of comics? Uh, I do everything. Um, I'm what we uh, call a cartoonist, I suppose. I'm, I'm a member of a of an organization called the Cartoonist Co-op, and, and that's something that they taught me. is Someone who does all the disciplines is called a cartoonist. Um, so I do art, I do writing, um, pencil, ink, line work, uh and color of course and also lettering so um you you name it i do it <laughs> awesome man awesome um and yeah i i hadn't come across you until you kind of you know reached out um mm-hmm. to me but kind of looking at your global comics listing i mean just amazing work um so cool um and uh yeah i'm i'm really keen because we haven't really spoken much about global comics on the podcast so i'm really keen to find out how kind of you know um how that process has been for you sure yeah um i was a fairly early adopter of the platform um i came on before the app and the app is out now uh, th- thank yeah. you for your kind words by the way you start by saying yeah. that but um oh, good. uh yeah so the, the app is out now and the app is fantastic and i think it's going to take the platform to a whole new level um, I was actually part of the beta test for the app, so I've been reading on it for a while. And I just, if you haven't tried it out yet, absolutely do, um, because yeah. it, it really just changes. It The site was great to begin with, and this just makes it so much more convenient to use. Um, I've been on there for um, almost two years now, mm-hmm. and um, you know that was really what kicked me off to knowing that like people wanted to read my comic. And that I could take this, uh, you know, a little bit more seriously and, and, and put some, some real muscle behind it and, and get the, you know, get my juices going. Um, because mm-hmm. before that, I had just been trying to sell PDFs through my coffee page and like trying to host things on like my own website or, or put them on social media. And that, that just doesn't have quite the same oomph as having like a destination where, you know, comic readers are actually going to look to read comics. You're not just reaching out to people cold. Uh, so that mm-hmm. was a big deal for me. And, and it's been great. You know, I, I was on their charts last year. 
um, for fantasy and for overall, actually, I made, I made the overall most popular comics last year. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that's going to happen again this year. Uh, <laughs> there's, you know, there's been a lot more, they've gotten a lot of big names on there since then. Uh, you know, image comics is on there now. Um, I think boom is on there. I've read a lot of boom comics on there. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, there's, there's a ton of stuff to check out. Um, and I have a, I have a gold membership. I, you know, it's something that I think I'd recommend to people, uh, especially if you read a lot of comics I think it's definitely worth it. Um, not, not being paid for these things. I'm just an actual person who like, you know, creates <laughs> on the platform and uses it and has a good time with it. Um, and I, all my, I put all my content up for free, so I don't actually even make any money if you go read it, but, uh, it is, it is, um, it's, I found it's been a great place to have my comic and, you know, I did webtoon for a while. Mm. I've been pretty vocal against webtoon since they started doing some of the, the particularly shady practices. And, and I don't think that they treat their creators right. particularly well. Um, so I'm not on webtoon anymore. I, 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 yeah, I, I canned that, um, early on. I've been looking into tapas because I, I do kind of want to reach mm. out to, to more audiences and to wider audiences, but uh, global comics has, has, has done a good job for me. And, you know, like you said, you said um, that I, I was getting a lot of views there and you can actually, you know, you can see the view counter and, and it's true. I've had a lot of eyeballs on the comic yeah. um, because of global comics. So um, definitely been a positive experience. Totally, man. <clears throat> and uh, let's, let's talk about the specific story in mind. So it's Maru, Kiru, Destroyer, destroy the moon, the moon rather. Mm, yep. um, so t- t- tell us about that. Sure. Um, you know, this is, uh, it was started as a COVID project, um, a lockdown project. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been working on some trading card art for a gentleman named Scott Madrinsky, who did a lot of really cool uh, charity trading card projects uh, and is still doing them as far as I know. Um, but he put on kind of like a, a remote art show that I was a part of. And one of the things they asked me is, is what are you going to do next? And I, I really wanted to work on a comic. I had worked on a couple of comics that I had kind of fallen off on because I was just trying to, I was trying to, to, to capture um, what I thought would sell, would be marketable. And I just, I, I couldn't keep up the passion for it. So I, I was cooking this idea about essentially doing something that was just for me and like something that just what I want to read, only the cool parts, only the stuff that I want to work on. I want to draw stuff that I could get really excited about. And so when he asked me, you know, what is, what is it that you're working on right now? I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking around an idea for a comic and it's about barbarians because it started off. It was going to be a group of barbarians um, that want to blow up the moon. And he had such uh, a positive reaction to that. And he thought it was just sounded like such a radical idea um, that I'm like, okay, I've really, I've got something here um, and I'm going to run with it. And I did, you know, and I whittled it down um, to just a singular, uh, you know, main character who's the title character, Marukiru. Uh, and the idea was to just do a really bright and, and, uh, you know, violent and, and vibrant action comic, uh, in a, in a high fantasy world, um, centered around this kind of brute force barbarian character who had this absolutely insane, ridiculous goal of single-handedly blowing up the moon all by herself. Um, and so it's just been, (laughs) been riding it from there, uh, and, and, and trying to make each issue crazier than the last. Um, and it's been a hell of a ride and, you know, it's, it's nowhere near over, you know, I have a, a so much more to do. I just finished, um, the pages for what will be the second printed volume and I'm already writing down, um, my stuff for the third one. Um, so it's, it's really, it's really taken off for me personally. And I think, you know, I've got a couple of fans out there that, that are really passionate about it as well. And I really appreciate them. So. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, and what other projects you got going on? Oh, I've got a ton. Um, 
you know, I, I, uh, I'm the artist for a comic called The World Ends in Fire, which is written by DC Horn. Um, and that's for Zancon Entertainment. And that is a, um, another fantasy comic about a real uh, kind of ragtag, mismatched group of adventurers who are trying to prevent their world from ending. Um, and it's got kind of a, a desert road trip vibe. Uh, it's a more modern setting than Mario Kiro. They do have like technology, like they drive a car around in the first issue. Um, there's a there's a chase scene with a kind of a hot rod versus dragon chase scene in the first comic that is very cool and was very fun to draw. Uh, and then the second issue involves them um, going to a roadside diner and getting into trouble there. And then there's a third issue where they have to take the bus. Uh, so you know, it's it's uh, it, it's really um, and you know, and they're they're so they're they're kind of um, you know just a, an everyday group of adventurers that is uh, trying to thwart this, this plot from a, a nefarious villain that was going to end the world. And so that's a lot of fun to work with. It's got, um, you know, a lot of really good humor in it. DC is a really funny guy and he has a really fun kind of deadpan, subtle way of writing humor into these books um, that I think people are really appreciating. You know, it doesn't hit you over the head. It's not corny or anything like that, as far as I'm concerned. Anyways. Um, and then I have a, an exciting comic that I guess this is kind of an announcement because I we've talked about it a little bit on social media, but we haven't really just mm. come out and said like, hey, this is happening. But we we inked paperwork last week, so it's like it's official. This is going on. But um, me and, and John Salito for uh, Wild Hair Comics, we're going to be doing a, a mecha tournament manga comic called um, Circuit Champ, which is about a young woman who builds her own mech in her backyard and tries to enter the highly competitive field of, uh, of mecha tournaments. Um, and we're real, real excited about that. And that's probably, awesome. you're going to see the first chapter of that in 2024. And then, um, you know, hopefully we will continue going on with that. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And uh, where, where's the best place to find you online? Uh, the best place to find me is on my actual website, which is brendanalbetsky.com. Um, you can also find me on all social media platforms, uh, at Brendan Albetsky, no spaces, no nothing. Um, that's my handle everywhere. I just use my own name now because that's just the easiest way to do it. <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> awesome, man. And of course, all those links are in the show notes, folks. So feel free to click through and check out Brendan's work as we chat. Um, now, all of that aside, unfortunately, I do have some bad news for you, Brendan. Uh, oh, um, no, what happened? And that is just as everything's going your way in your comic career unfortunately the aliens have invaded Um, and so (laughs) i know sod's law total sod's law um but with that in mind what is your action plan for survival Uh, i don't know if you are familiar with the time-honored tradition of of um cowardice but um (laughs) Personally, I think that the best way to to deal with a with an alien invasion of this scale is to be a giant coward uh, and hide under a pile of coats. And my hope is that they can't get you if you hide under a pile of coats. Um, failing that, failing that, I am a hundred percent prepared uh, to welcome our new alien overlords. Um, if there's a good healthcare situation and I can keep making comics under alien rule, I, I think we can come to an accord. Um, nice. But if there's no, if there's no negotiation, really, if there's no negotiation, then I'm going to flee. I'm going to flee into the wilds. Um, so, you know, I live in the United States. I live in Connecticut, which is in New England and it's kind of Northeast uh, on the continent. Um, I think I can make for Canada. I think I can get up into the North woods. Um, 
I'm going to build a cabin somewhere on a mountain and hope that there are no flashing lights in the sky. Uh, you know, my only friends are dogs now. I draw comics on a log. Um, it's not a bad life. You, you could do worse. Uh, but, you know, the, generally the rule of thumb here in, in, this, uh, in this new world order is big coward all the time. Um, we're never going to fight an alien unless they're like really wimpy and you think you could probably take one out like with a baseball bat or something, but not even really risking that. They probably have psychic powers in that case. So it's, you know, big coward, big coward all the way. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with um, the fact that you do kind of get get captured um, by the aliens, but they're intrigued by this whole comics thing. It's a oh, that is unfortunate that I've been captured, but I'm glad maybe we can we can talk about this a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm going to go with the fact that they get really intrigued by this whole comics thing. It's something completely unfamiliar to them, uh, combining words and pictures at the same time, um, and kind of in the, the, the that sequential way as well and so they want to find out more from you um and so the first question that they ask you is what's the first comic you remember enjoying the first comic that i remember enjoying is you know there's there's a there's a long kind of history with me in comics and it's it's a little bit complex and a little bit complicated if we're going with really like ancient history this is the first comic that that i like have in my mind as being something that I enjoy and look forward to on a daily basis, then Calvin and Hobbes, Bill Watterson, um, can't beat it mm-hmm. in the Sunday paper, in the weekly paper. Um, I was a kid when, when Calvin and Hobbes was, was coming out. Um, or was I, maybe, maybe it was just in syndication. I should look that up. In any case, it was in the paper all the time. I read it. Um, I read it with my mom and I really enjoyed it. Um, in a more modern sense though, cause really I didn't come back to being the idea of like, I want to do comics. Uh, until I was in my 20s. Um, and at that point, it was Hellboy, uh, specifically Seed of Destruction. Um, so, you know, it wasn't the first graphic novel style of of book that I had ever read. Um, mm-hmm. And I read it in, you know, when I was reading it, I wasn't reading it issue by issue. Obviously, I was reading it in trade paperback. So I, it was consuming it like a graphic novel. Um, you know, in high school, we read a lot of like Alan Moore and by a lot of Alan Moore, I mean, we read V for Vendetta and then we read Watchmen, um, because <laughs> that was, that was the extent of the the reach, you know, and that was some, that was real in retrospect. It's like, oh, that's real edgelord stuff. Like I read V for Vendetta, <laughs> I'm like super, super yeah. underground and cool. Um, but in terms of like what sparked a passion in me for comics, um, definitely Hellboy. Uh, and it's Mike Mignola's just got such a simple and brilliant art style. Uh, the book itself is, is amazingly pulpy and I love the kind of Lovecraftian eldritch trappings that go on everything. Uh, it's really my jam. Um, and it's not superheroes. Um, I'm, I, I have like this pet peeve of that. I'm not that big a fan of superheroes. And I feel like I mm-hmm. occasionally rub people the wrong way about that because they feel that they kind of take it a little personally because there's a lot of people who write superhero books and, and draw superhero books and they're very good at it. Um, and it's just mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like, just not, really not my genre. It doesn't speak to me. Um, it does to a lot of people and that's cool, but I'm, I'm much yeah. more a fan of stuff that's like fantasy, horror, sci-fi and Hellboy's got all that going on for it. So um, that was, that's like my real answer of like, what's the comic that started the journey? Um, it, it's Hellboy awesome man awesome and so what what age were you when you read that god um this would have this was college this was early college i was probably 19 or 20 
And this was before I actually yeah. started trying to draw these things myself. My, my original plan was I was going to be a writer only. Um, and I didn't, you know, art was something I didn't do. Uh, I've told this story on, on, on other shows, but oh, it bears repeating, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, I, I like as a, as a kid, you know, every, all kids draw. Um, but I was never particularly good at it. I didn't really have a natural affinity for it. And nobody ever really encouraged me to, to keep drawing or to try to improve drawing. Um, so I just stopped. And um, I didn't start again until I was in my 20s. Uh, and the only reason I started doing it again is because I had all these comics that I wanted to make, but I couldn't get artists to do them for me. So uh, I was like, well, I'll do it myself. How hard can it be? And it's hard. It is really hard. Um, it's really hard. Turns awesome. out, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, ten years later, I finally had I had something that uh, people were willing to read and talk about and get excited about. So that kind of gives you the timeline of how long it takes uh, to, to become a comic artist. But um, yeah, that's what kind of kicked me off to that. And, and and Hellboy, and Hellboy, you know, Hellboy lied to me too in a way because. Um, you look at that comic and that's part of the reason is like you look at it and like I say that Michael Pinola has a really simple style and he does. Um, but yeah. Michael Pinola is one of the greatest artists who ever lived. Yeah, um, sure. And he, he tricks you into thinking he makes it look easy. You know, he tricks you into thinking that it's, oh, that it's easy. Yeah. Uh, and then you Same can thing. be like him and no, you, it's a lifetime yeah, right. of experience and technique and, and knowledge and, and just in, you know, intrinsic understanding of objects and how they sit on the page um that that lends itself to to hellboy's uh style and i read a, a hellboy art book recently where they talk about um you know mignola's process and how he would spend a week um or or so you know doing a, a page of pencils he would spend forever on his pencils and then he would start knocking out five pages a day with the inks um and I believe it. It's like he he puts yeah. so much foundational groundwork in everything that he does. That's what allows him to to do that simple simple style and have it um, be so effective because he just understands everything so well uh, that you can communicate it to you with just with shadows and shapes and silhouettes and blocks of light. So um, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Absolutely, man. Um, and it's great that yeah, you've got that kind of that point of inspiration there, um, and obviously kind of spurred you on uh to to get going on your own but you know it, and it's great that you kind of came to the realization that it wasn't so easy uh but it sounds like it sounds like you totally persevered man oh yeah definitely and i i recommend it for anybody who feels like they can't do it like i, pro- I promise you that you can you just have to be really mm. stubborn um and it gave me such a it's something i i recommend to writers uh if you if you are having any kind of difficulty working with artists as a writer, try to do some drawing yourself and it will give you so much perspective about what your artists are frustrated about when they're working with you. Um, That was something that I learned about drawing is when I was just a writer, I was a, I was a real dick. I I'm, I'm not surprised that nobody wanted to work with me. Um, So it's like you, you, you gain so much understanding and so much, um, even if you, even if it's not something you want to continue, just taking a stab at it and, you know, drawing out some thumbnails, doing some character sketches. Um, it, it, it can help you really understand more about just the whole process of what makes a comic. Um, and I, I, I highly recommend it. You bet, man. That's great. Um, now moving on to our next question from our alien overlords. Um, what's the funniest comic that you've read? 
the funniest comic that I read, I have read, and this is a deep cut. This is my, this is my indie, my indie cred. Uh, there is a comic called Phil. You go to philcomic.com and it updates Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They also have it on Instagram. Uh, and this was a comic that was actually in my college newspaper back when I was at the university of Connecticut. And I'm lucky enough to uh, personally know the people who create it. Now I did not know them when I started, when I started uh, reading the comic, but um, we right. connected years later and um, they're, they're both great guys and, and they're a lot of fun and they make an excellent comic. Anyways, the comic is called Phil. It's by uh, Ben Vigiant and Steve Winchell uh, writing and art respectively. And um, Phil is like the weirdest, most absurd deadpan comic. Um, it's a strip, a daily strip style uh, that you could print in a newspaper. And it's um, essentially talking heads and they very rarely change expressions, but they, they, they don't copy paste them. They, they draw the head each time, just like making the same face. And they say wow. really awkward things to each other. Uh, and they, they try to do this like really weird, inventive ways. There was a whole series they did where it was the entire series was a fake newspaper that was in world. And you had to read the whole newspaper in order to figure out what was, what was going on in the story. Just all kinds of weird stuff like that. They have several extended story arcs that are glorified ads for Weber Spirit Grills. It's the funniest thing you'll ever read. I can't explain it to you. Like you, you got to. It's one of those things that you really have to read it yourself. Right. The one line that I think about, I think about specifically all the time, and I, 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 I put this in my my prepared notes here. Um, is like uh, there's there's a a comic series in which phil has committed a really minor crime and i can't even remember what he did i think he like accidentally stole a candy bar or something but he's racked with such ridiculous guilt that he finds a police officer and spends several strips just begging the police officer to beat him up uh and it culminates with him shouting the line slap my crim face with your hard hand uh and this is something i read like like 15 years ago at this point that is just like burned into my brain um, and I think it's the funniest thing saying it out loud out of context is not the same. Um, <laughs> I really feel like they're, they're super underappreciated and they've been around forever. And the fact that they're yeah. still going, is just like, they've got something great with this, but the fact that Tim Robinson is really popular on TikTok right now leads yeah. me to believe that all hope is not lost for this. Cause I feel like it's a very compatible style of humor. <laughs> um, so if you like, I think you should leave or things like that. I, I think you should check out Phil. Because uh, it, it, it might be up your alley, and, and it's really it's so funny, and there's so much of it to go through now. Um, so if you kind of like that really just absurd deadpan humor, um, that's 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 where you want to be. That's great, man. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's amazing, kind of how some people are, you know, again so consistently persistent with this um, type of thing. And you have uh, to be, you, know, you have no you choice. Have, yeah, you have no choice. You're quite right. And, you know, just making it go for years and years and years. Cause how, how long has that been going? Sorry. Oh God. Since probably, let's see, 2006, 2007, maybe. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, so like coming out 16 years, I mean, God, they um, did. T- they did take a years long hiatus. I think they took two or three right. years off from it. But still, it's 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 impressive. It is impressive, and to do it like three three times a week, as mm-hmm. well, coming up with new material. Yeah, man, solid, solid, um, excellent. Uh, now switching gears quite suddenly. Um, mm. What's the saddest comic that you've read? 
well, saddest and and I mean it's berserk is is really the it begins and ends with berserk. Um, <laughs> and in terms of like really truly upsetting content, the eclipse is um is is it everything about it is is miserable i hate it um <laughs> but I have, I have a real weird love-hate relationship with berserk in that i think it is one of the best fantasy comics one of the best anythings honestly um ever created and it but i also hate it um <laughs> it, it, i i got i read you know through the have you have you are you familiar I, not 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 so much. I mean, I, obviously, I know of it, but I, okay. I've, never, I've never read it. Well, there's so there's um to to try to avoid giving spoilers too much, at least, um, because I do recommend that people read Berserk and major trigger warning for um you know for violence and for sexual assault. I uh, so, you know there's there's that that's that's a big aspect of it. So it, mm. it, that's one of the reasons I don't like it. Um, but. If you if you if that's something that's not going to violently trigger you, then then I would recommend giving it a, a go. But um, you know, there's Berserk is broken into several parts, and the first part is really called um, the Golden Age, and then an event an event called the Eclipse happens, and after the Eclipse, uh, there's an arc called the Black Swordsman. Um, and so there's really the the main character guts. He has a, a good part of his life, and then this event called the Eclipse happens, and then the rest of the comic is um, about the bad part of his life. Uh, and since Kentaro Miura has unfortunately passed away, um, and I know they are continuing the comic um, with his assistance and, and being over, uh, overseen by his uh, his friend, whose name escapes me at the moment, but um, even so, uh, you know, the, it's a comic about misery. <laughs> at the end of the day um, about misery and struggle. And so, um, but the eclipse specifically is uh, an extremely visceral um, and violent event that kind of tears down everything that has been built up in, in this golden age arc that you've really, uh, you know, been, been reading and, and, and acclimating to. And it upset me so much that I actually dropped the comic completely for, for more than a year. Oh, and I decided I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to finish it. I said, no, I don't, I don't want to read this anymore. Um, and eventually I, I did go back to it uh, and I finished it out and I'm glad that I did, you know, but it, it's, it was something that was just so uh, upsetting to read and so effective. That's, that's really the worst part of it is there's, there's a lot of tools and, and uh, things that Mira uses um, that I don't like as tools and tropes you know the mm -hmm. sexual assault being the primary one i i, I think right. that people go for that as a, as a, a cheap tool too often mm -hmm. um but it's one of those situations where you know it, it it's used so effectively um to achieve a desired result that that i i really don't think could have been achieved in a different way uh that i still think that that it's it's like I don't want I, I I still don't agree with it, but I I respect <laughs> the use in the work. I guess I, I respect mm -hmm. might be the wrong word. It, it's I have complex feelings about it. We'll put it that way. Um, but in terms of like saddest and 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 upsetting comics, it's it's berserk all the way. I can't think of anything that has um, kind of upset me more <laughs> in my comic reading career. Fair play, man. Fair play, and it's uh, Ko Koji Mori. I believe is the creator that's taking it on. Koji Mori, yes. Yeah. Um, but no, that's uh that kind of sounds like it's a total roller coaster. 
for you there, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see. What, it's going to be interesting to see how it gets finished out because I'm, um, one of the things that that Maury has said is that he's not going to write any new material. Um, he's going to go mm. completely off of Mira's notes and and things that were related to him orally, uh, but he's not going to create anything new. Uh, and they're just going to draw, you know, whatever they're going to piece together, whatever they can from that. So who knows how long it's going to go or, or, or anything. And hopefully they'll be able to provide some kind of satisfying end to the story, but um, yeah, we'll see. Let's hope so, man. Let's yeah. hope so. Um, but yes, um, again, switching gears um, fairly suddenly. Um, what's the scariest comic that you've read? Uzumaki, hands down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's also my favorite comic, pretty much more or less. Um, and so specifically this is actually, it's funny. I was talking the other day to, to a friend of mine who actually turned me on to Uzumaki and, and completely unprompted, um, mentioned the, the scene that uh, I'm about to talk about, uh, and how just horrible it is. Uh, but there's the part in Uzumaki where, um, Shuichi's mom is really terrified of having spirals anywhere on her body because the premise of that comic is that curse of the spiral etc anyways she's afraid of having spirals anywhere on her body because she, she cuts all her hair off because she doesn't like when the hair curls and it's so on and so forth and then eventually she cuts off her fingertips um her fingerprints not even her tips but her fingerprints uh with a pair of scissors I... and it it's i i don't it, like i said it's my favorite book um i read it probably once or twice a year. And I skip over that part every time. I, I don't, I don't read that part. Um, it's just, it's so, <laughs> it's enough. so visceral and, and, and horrible. I can't, I can't do it. Um, but you know, that, that whole comic and, and everything Junji Ito in general and the way he handles horror um, is, is, yeah. is my brand of, of unsettling. That's, that's, that's where I'm about. Um, but Uzumaki, I think obviously is the, is, is uh, his best. Um, but that's, that's kind of a short answer on this for, for a book that I, I talk about reading twice a year, but, um, it's, it's definitely my favorite, <laughs> my, my favorite scary comic and the scariest comic I've read. Fair play, man. And, and it's probably the, the most mentioned, uh, comic in this, in this question. Is it really? So, uh, I'm not, I'm yeah, not, it is not surprised, yeah. not surprised. Um, you yeah. know, it's, it's become a touchstone, uh, which is great. So. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Um, now, uh, moving on to uh, my favorite question and the alien's favorite question mm. as well, of course. Uh, but what is your favorite cover? I, I actually had, <laughs> had trouble answering this one. Um, it's a really tough one, man. It's a really tough one. <laughs> uh, you know, I picked I picked the cover from, and I picked. I feel like I picked a weird pick, but I I, I still like it. Um, but the second edition printing of Andrew McLean's comic Apocalypse Girl um, is what I picked. And fitting for for the apocalypse too, um, because that that is also a story about the uh, the end of the world. Um, but it's just got it's got great color intensity. It's a great moment um, with Arya and the and, and the cat and just kind of all the dirty gear sprawled all over the place. Um, it's something that I I already owned uh, in a digital capacity, and then I was in a bookstore and I, I saw a copy of the second printing, and I, I liked the cover so much that actually I bought a second copy of it. Um, and I'm glad to have a hard copy of it now too, because it's, 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 that's another thing that I recommend people do is if you like things, buy hard copies of them, because we live in a weird time where things just tear off the internet and never come back. Um, (laughs) so if there's a story that you really love and you find it in print, pick it up. 
donate it to your library if you don't have room for it in the house. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a great book. And I really love that cover. So that, that's what I picked for that. I, you know, I could have picked any number of other covers. I was, I was diving through my bookshelves and, and trying to pick something. Uh, but this is one that just kind of stuck out to me. and had that little story to go with it. So I think that's what I'm going to go with as a, as the yeah, favorite man. cover. Nah, that's awesome, man. And it's a, it's a really kind of, it's a really unique cover. Um, yeah. And I highly recommend everybody going to go check it out. Um, cause what, what issue is this? This is the second edition of the, of the, um, of second printing, the second edition printing of the entire, yeah. um, comic. And, you know, this is another yeah. thing that it, one of the reasons I like it and, and it does the things that I feel like a cover should do is it, it shows you what you're going to get in the book. Um, mm. and I think that's really important with covers. Uh, it, it just, it's something that I feel like makes you want to read the book too. You know, that's, that's another thing that is yeah. important. It makes you want to read it. Yeah. Cause it I, gives you a good yeah. expectation of what to get. Totally. Cause I want to find out what this chick is all about. Basically, oh, yeah. <laughs> like she's, she's stroking a cat. She's covered in what's potentially something like oil or something. Um, like those little black, yep uh splats uh that's kind of all over her boots as well which are it's on, on the, the boots ground. but it's also there's on the machete, machete. yeah <laughs> exactly. there's a machete mm-hmm. um there's a wrench there as well um but it also looks as though you know she's potentially living in what's potentially a subway car mm-hmm. or used to be uh there's like books books on a on the back of the seat and there's a conch shell as well so it's like she's made a home there and it's like, okay, what is going on here? Yeah. Uh, you absolutely want to find out more. It's a great book. I recommend <laughs> it. You know, and Andrew McLean, I think known better for Headlopper these days. Um, this was pre-Headlopper. Of course. Um, right. But this is, this. it's a great, it's not that long either. So it's like, pick it up. It's a quick read. Awesome, man. I'm going to get on it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, now, uh, moving on to another of my favorite questions. And that mm. is what comic? Do you repeatedly read the most? Is this, this is, uh, I said it before, but Uzumaki is, is probably my most reread comic. Um, I, I read it at least once a year, sometimes twice. Um, it's, I have a bad habit of uh, picking it up to find a reference image in it somewhere and then accidentally starting to read it again. Um, <laughs> that's why that happens to me so much. Um, but I love everything that Junji Ito has ever done, even the ridiculous stuff. Looking at Yu-Gi-Oh!, um mm-hmm. but you know it, it, it everything's so atmospheric and the ito art really kind of draws you into the the mystery of the spiral um as it were and uh <laughs> so it oh, I, I i love it i think it's got great tone um i love it for this time of year i haven't read it this month in october yet i've still got a couple of days as of this recording i don't know when this is going to go live but we're still pre-halloween i could still read it in time um so you know i might do that tonight even. Absolutely. but um Great, great, great book. Um, leading me to believe that you've had it as such a common answer in the scary comics that that most people who listen to this show have probably read it already. But if you haven't, um, here's another reminder to, to go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, now, um, our, our next question is, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Uh, we're, we're, we're going back to, to Hellboy on this. Um, and this was another one that was like impossible to answer because like every comic I read influences me in some way. Um, and you know, we, we, we 
consume all these ideas and then regurgitate them and, and they come back up in messy forms that we shape into our own stuff. Um, but Hellboy being the, the singular piece and story, um, and I mean mainline Hellboy, uh, which as far as I'm concerned is uh, Seed of Destruction through In Hell. Um, and Hellboy is just a character that has such very real struggles um, with substance abuse and with depression um, in those comics that just really hits home to me in a very realistic way. And I love mm-hmm. um, the fact that, you know, he Hellboy hits rock bottom somewhere in the middle of, of the, the grand run of the comic, kind of right before um, the Nimue arc at the end uh, of the run. And he's, he's sober at the, at the beginning of that story. And he mentions it really offhandedly. Uh, and it, it just kind of hit me in a big way that it's like, he has been on this kind of journey, hitting rock bottom and recovering from it, rising out of, of kind of pain and, 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 um, struggle and managing to do great things in spite of all of his personal demons. Uh, and you know, I, I kind of, at its heart of, of the, the whole story, Hellboy is about kind of fighting those internal personal demons and you know, fighting that identity crisis within yourself, and of course, in the case of Hellboy, his identity crisis is that he is—he he, not only does he have inner demons, he is literally a demon. Um, so he has to choose, you know, what he wants his identity to be. And you know, reading through in Hell, of course, his his fate ends up being somewhat inescapable. Um, but I think that he does the best he can to kind of twist it into a way that is still authentic to himself and make things turn out positively and, and create a better world. Um, even though that world is hell, <laughs> but he makes hell better for the people who, who, who uh, are forced to suffer it. So um, he does as much good as he can uh, in the best way that he can. And I just really appreciate that. And it's, it's kind of a, an attitude that, that has fueled me uh, throughout the years. So that's why that story means as much to me as it does, I think. That's awesome, man. And yeah, no, I've kind of got a similar kind of story that kind of keeps me going uh, when the tough mm. gets going. Um, like, uh, just, I mean, uh, Walking Dead is what got me into this. Oh, sure. Um, into into comics and, uh, you know, kind of going off of, you know, uh, Robert Kirkman's success. It's like, you know, if you really do persevere um, and uh, kind of, you know, um, play the game a little bit then yeah you can you can certainly make it i um, recently finished the walking dead and yeah it was something i, I read I, I read the first i, I bought the uh the omnibuses as they were coming out and i read the first three mm. and then um the comic hadn't finished at that point so there was no fourth omnibus right. um and i was like mm. i i kind of fell off because i'm like well i'm not gonna read it month to month um and mm-hmm. there's no way that they're going to pull a satisfying ending together for this thing. There's just too much going on. Uh, and <laughs> I had to eat my words. Um, the, the, the end of that comic is, is, is <laughs> shockingly good and coherent <laughs> for as sprawling as that story became. Um, you do an excellent job of tying that yeah, all right. up. Um, I really did. Uh, I thought that had a killer ending. Um, and and, uh, sho- and you know spoilers uh shockingly optimistic one um so <laughs> yeah yeah no totally man yeah no he pulled it out of the bag for sure mm. um and i mean you know the, the, the same goes for invincible 
you know um and uh i know mm. that you mentioned that you don't don't like uh you, you're not so much into superhero comics but that's one superhero comic i'd, I'd recommend giving a go um it's on it's, global uh, comics i might read it there you, you go know? is it really it is do yeah. it man give give it a go like give, give the first six issues a go and oh, see I, can you do. Do. I can do, do the first issues. volume do the first volume all right you got yeah, me you no, sold me i'll say okay, it. it's good Sweet. It's not hard. It's not hard Absolutely. to sell me on a comic. I'll, I'll read most anything. <laughs> Excellent, man. And I, I, I literally, I just found um, on eBay um, for Apocalyptic Girl. Um, I found it for four pounds and thirty-five pence on eBay. No it's way. Free, free postage. So that's like about you know six six bucks. That's nothing. I think. Um, so I just bought it. So you know, yeah, that'll be coming. That'll be coming in my my uh, my post box uh, in it. the next few days. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy it. I hope I, I'm, I'm putting my reputation on the line here. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, now coming to our penultimate question: What's the most underrated comic? Uh, I think it's Orcs by Christine Larson, and I'm not even saying that they, that it's been maligned in any way. I just think that Christine Larson mm-hmm. should be somebody who everybody knows about, uh, and they don't, and I don't understand why. Um, <laughs> it's been this is another one of those situations where I am just a fan. Um, I, I was lucky enough that she opened up uh, painting commissions um, one day. And I was first in line and I, I got her to paint a, a Marukiro picture for me. That's actually hanging on my wall, uh, not two feet away from me. Uh, and so we've interacted a little bit, um, you know, on the basis of that. I did a little bit of, of fan art uh, that I sent her and I, awesome. and I think she liked it. She, she did react to it. She, she sent me an OMG and I, I, I you know, I, I, I marked out a little bit of that. But, you know, she's one of those people that I um, mm-hmm. kind of turned into a stupid fanboy every time I try to talk to her. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's a little weird, but um, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, I, and this is what I'm saying. She's underrated. It's like, I think she's just a, f- a phenomenal artist and writer. And I can't believe that she's not bigger than she is. Um, but, uh, you know, orcs and then orcs, the curse, which is the second volume, both of them are from, from boom. Um, they're just fantastic art, uh, and writing, uh, Larson is, is an amazing inker. Uh, you should check out, uh, their ink tutorials and just the, the mm. level of understanding. And that's, that's one of those things with artists that I always, um, I talk about like the way that artists understand stuff a lot and whenever you can, an artist can show you like their intrinsic understanding of a technique or, or something like that. I just have so much awe for, for those kinds of things. So she put up these inking tutorials and it was just like, Oh my God. And thumbnails. The, another person is just like someone who's insane for thumbnails. They go, they print, sometimes they print the thumbnails in the back of the books and you can take a look at them. But she has these notebooks mm. that are filled with the most detailed thumbnails you could publish the thumbnails as, as comics in their own right. Um, wow. But they're so tiny that yeah. it would be difficult. But um, yeah. So if you, if you haven't read it, um, mm-hmm. it's fantasy. I, I guess it's probably falls into more of a, of a YA kind of fantasy uh, that age level, um, maybe mm-hmm. like 14s to, to, mm-hmm. to, to 16s would be the intended audience. But um, uh, you know, I, I get, right. I get a kick out of it as an adult. I don't care. Uh, we're all, we're all reading comic books, you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, man. so yeah, orcs and orcs, the curse, um, beautiful paintings, uh, amazing comic art, amazing sequential work. Uh, and it's a great fantasy story about orcs. Um, you know, if you didn't guess, 
yeah obviously yeah um well, that's awesome man that's awesome um yeah potentially one that i should uh check out as well um looks like it's kind of kind of right up my street so yeah thanks for bringing that yeah, to the fore definitely definitely <laughs> mm-hmm. awesome man uh now if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse which would it be is it so? There's there's a twofold answer here because I, the, the the qualifier is is it is it a single book that I can bring with me, or is it? Oh, can yeah, I bring no, a box single, set? It's, it's, it, it could be you can yeah exactly you can bring a box set. You can do the whole you can series. Bring a box set. Oh, okay. Well, then you yeah, know we. Not. I'm hoping I'm hoping that the the apocalypse happens after the end of One Piece then because I just want to take the complete One Piece with me. Um, that should hold me for a while. And because the world is over, I might actually have time to, to read the whole thing. Um, I love one piece. I, uh, am a late comer to one piece and I am just starting. I'm actually watching the anime right now instead of reading the manga because I am using it as my, my second screen, uh, companion while I'm working. Uh, so having the anime going, uh, helps me out tremendously and uh i just started the water seven arc which everybody tells me is one of the best ones so i'm looking forward to that but uh if the world's ending and i and i can only read one thing it's probably going to be that the other answer which i had prepared if i can only bring a single slim volume is that i'm going to actually want to take my own comic um which is like i'm sorry but you know it's 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 very important to me and it's like it's my greatest accomplishment so i'm gonna i'm gonna take that with me um but you know, it, since I can take a box set with me, it's probably going to be one piece because I got to stay entertained. You know, I can only read my own work so many times. Yeah, man. Shout out, shout out. Uh, now, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take with you as well? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I was looking at my uh, my thing here, and it says my, my the first thing I said was big pile of coats because you know if you as we have previously established, <laughs> if you're under if you're under some coats, they can't get you. Um, but since I was captured, uh, I, I actually will revise my answer. And uh, I'm going to say that I, I, since I'm bringing the complete one piece with me um, to be my one comic that I take into the apocalypse, I'm going to cheat and bring a second one. I'm going to say that the other tool I bring is going to be my own comic. Um, I don't know if you have seen uh, Station Eleven. Um, I think I believe it was also a novel no. before it was uh, a series, but I watched it as a series. Uh, Station Eleven, um, and that is a, a show about the end of the world. Uh, but that is like wish fulfillment. Uh, that's a show about the end of the world, where what saves human society uh, is an indie comic book that's sold less than ten copies. So it's like, yeah, that's the wow. one. That's what we. That's how we're going to save humanity. Bring your own book with you and, and show it to people. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to take my comic with me as my one tool for saving, uh, you know, redeeming the human race. Uh, we're going to bring them all back Station Eleven style, except uh, we're going to read Mario Kuro Destroy the Moon. And maybe it will inspire people to rise up and go into space and, and blow up the aliens and uh, and take back our planet for us. I think that could really uh, be effective, actually. Nice, man. That's awesome. Well, Brendan Albetsky, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know your comics with the apocalypse. Thank you very much. Sam, I have had a wonderful time on the show, and I thank you so much for having me. And uh, this has been a blast just to kind of do these little brain exercises about having comics while the aliens uh, have me in cold storage. (laughs) But I've had a great time, so thank you so much for having me. 
You bet, man. That's awesome. And uh, for the listeners, one more time, where can they find you online? Uh, the best place to find me is on my own website, brendanalbetsky.com. No spaces. And um, of course, if you uh, need to find me on social media, you can also find me uh, at Brendan Albetsky on every platform that uh, you might want to be on. So there you go. Cool, man. Well, Brendan, best of luck with all of your future endeavors. And uh, yeah, no, if you're ever this side of the pond, uh, make sure you, uh, you get in touch. I will do that for sure. Thank you so much. Excellent. You take care, man. You too. Ciao for now. Bye. Thanks again to Brendan for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Brendan's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the near future, I'll see you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>